God is great and His faithfulness is indeed great. His forgiveness is always available to any and to all who would come to Him in faith, who repent of their sins, for His mercies are new every morning. This morning, I want to preach to you a message about faithful prayer. We're going to break from our journey through the Gospel of John and go to the Old Testament book of Psalms. I invite you to hear from God this morning as you open His Word to Psalm chapter 71, verses 17 through 18. Psalm 71, verses 17 and 18. These verses are all too familiar to me personally because I remember seeing them printed on every class syllabus and I still see them in every signature line of every email that I received from Walter Norville. These were and are his life verses, so to speak, and he's had a major impact and influence in my life. And I want to share with you these two verses of Scripture. These verses are lyrics to a song, and they are lines to a prayer from this author's heart to his Father in heaven. Follow along with me as I read to you this prayer. Psalm 71, 17 and 18. O God, you have taught me from my youth, and to this day... I declare your wondrous works. Now also, when I am old and gray-headed, O God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to everyone who is to come. What a prayer. A powerful prayer. A prayer that I know at least one man has prayed for years of his life. Here's the main challenge I give to you all this morning, including myself. We need to faithfully pray in faith to our faithful God. We need to faithfully pray in faith to our faithful God. And here's how we do that according to these verses. First, we pray according to His faithfulness in the past. I love the way verse 17 begins. Oh God, you have taught me from my youth. Some of you have a wonderful testimony of salvation through faith in Jesus Christ as a young adult or even as an older adult. You walked in darkness most of your life, never hearing or at least never paying attention to the name of Jesus until the Holy Spirit did a wonderful work and awakened your heart to see that you were a sinner who needed salvation. And you turned away from drug addiction or alcohol abuse or ambition, personal pride, popularity, chasing after the pleasures of this world. And you turned away from those things to Christ and He gloriously saved you and transferred you from the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. You've got an amazing testimony 
of radical transformation. And praise be to the Lord. There are others of you who are here and you're like me. It's not that you were born a Christian. Please understand, no one is born a Christian. Coming to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than being in a garage makes you a car. Okay? You're not born a Christian. But many of you were reborn at an early age. You became a Christian as a young child or even as a young teenager. I was only six years old when Jesus saved me. And I'm thankful that He did. I knew that I was a sinner and that I needed forgiveness. And that the only one who could save me from my sins was Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for me and rose again. So I believed that He died for my sins, and I believed that He rose again, and I gave my sin-filled life to Him. And He forgave me, and He gave me a new life. If you have a testimony like that, it's nothing to be embarrassed about or think less of. It's something that you should thank God for in your life. In fact, I want to ask you this question, and I want to ask you to respond by raising your hand. If you have a testimony like that, coming to know Christ as your Lord and Savior at a young age, be it a, a child, a young child, or even as a young teenager, would you just slip up your hand? Everybody look. You guys see this? Hold your hands up high, by the way. Jesus saved you. Something to be thankful for. There you go. You got it now. You guys see this? Pretty cool. That's a lot of folks in this room. I'm thankful that God taught me from my youth. As a child, through my parents and my grandparents, through my children's church leaders. Yes, where's Monty slipped back in here? It makes a difference what you guys do on Sunday mornings. From my Awana and VBS leaders, and as a teenager through my family still, and through my youth pastor, he taught me how to walk with God, how to read his word, helped me discern that God had called me to ministry. Coy up there in the top. Makes a difference, doesn't it, man? You follow Jesus and call others to follow him. He does some neat stuff. The Lord taught me through deacons at my church, through other godly friends and examples that I had. Understand, please understand me, it is wonderful to hear of an adult person who never knew God coming to know Jesus and being radically transformed. And praise His name for those salvations. In fact, that may be your story if you're here this morning. Praise God for the work that He's done in your life. But wouldn't it be wonderful if the next generation grew up not having to get thrown in jail before they came to know Jesus? Wouldn't it be great if children learned how to pray to God instead of turning to internet pornography and developing sin habits that could potentially destroy their marriage later on down the road? Wouldn't it be wonderful if people didn't have to go through drinking habits because they came to know Christ at a young age and His faithfulness kept them following Him all the days of their lives. I've not lived a perfect life obeying God at every twist and turn since I came to know Jesus at six years old. But I can say and pray, God, thank You for teaching me from my youth. God, thank You for saving me 
when I was just a child. God, thank you for keeping me strong by your grace in Christ Jesus. And that's what this psalmist is getting at. When you pray, you need to pray according to God's faithfulness in the past. He has been faithful to us. Whether you were saved as a young child, a young woman, or even a middle-aged man, thank God for His faithfulness to you in the past. We need to faithfully pray in faith to our faithful God. In fact, it's not going to be time for the invitation hymn just yet. But right now, would you pray and say, God, thank you for your faithfulness to save me? Not only did the psalmist pray according to God's faithfulness in the past, he also prayed about his own faithfulness in the present. And that's how we need to pray too. Look at the second half of verse 17. And to this day, I declare your wondrous works. We need to pray about our faithfulness in the present. It is a privilege to be able to tell people about God's faithfulness. And we need to be faithful to do it. You are faithful to God when you tell other people about Him. When you declare His wondrous works, others who don't know God come to know that there is a faithful God in heaven who is able and willing to forgive them of their sin, heal them of their diseases, comfort them in their grief and affliction, and give them the wisdom when they don't know what to do. Declaring God's wondrous works is a blessing that we get to enjoy, not a burden that we have to endure. You heard me share with the children earlier in the service about how Bryson and I got to talk to some people in Lesotho that never knew Jesus. One of those young men that I got to talk to, I've shared with you some of that story before, but I'm going to share it with you right now. He had been hired by the missionaries to help us set up the tent that we were meeting in for the conference when Bryson and I went on our mission trip. He was also helping wash dishes and serve food. Young guy, but wasn't a believer in Jesus. The missionaries at the conference challenged us to share our testimony of how we came to faith in Christ, of what our lives were like in darkness before we knew Jesus, about how Jesus saved us from the darkness and what our lives are like now in the light. I can share that in 45 seconds, and I shared it with him. He understood just enough English to understand the basics of my testimony. That man has now come to know Jesus himself. His wife's name is on our prayer list. We're praying that she would come to know Jesus too. When you testify of God's faithfulness, God is faithful to continue working in your life and through your life and the lives of others. Are you praying on a regular basis that God would help you to be faithful to declare his goodness? One preacher told people to pray this every day. God, give me today an opportunity to speak to someone about Jesus. The wisdom to see it and the courage to take it. It's wonderful to be saved. But I think it's even more wonderful to tell someone about how you've been saved and see them come to know Jesus themselves. Some of you have lived your entire Christian life and never known that joy. How sad is that? 
I challenge you to declare God's wondrous works this week. Pray that prayer every day, beginning today and all throughout this week. God, give me the opportunity to speak to someone about Jesus, the wisdom to see it, and the courage to take it. We don't have to share bad news. We get to share good news. That's what the word gospel means. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the good news of the kingdom of God that all of us who are sinners who already know bad news because we're bad people, may be forgiven and made new if we believe that Jesus died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. We need to faithfully pray in faith to our faithful God. We do that by praying according to His faithfulness in the past by praying about our own faithfulness in the present, and by praying around their faithfulness in the future. Look at verse 18. We are to pray around their faithfulness in the future. Now also, when I am old and gray-headed, if that's you, you don't have to raise your hand. We see your gray hair. Oh God, do not forsake me. You know, the challenge for you older adults in life who are Christians is that you think your major stuff in life is already done. You just kind of coast on into heaven. Guys, if you're still alive on this earth, God has a huge plan and a huge purpose for you. And listen to me, children and teenagers and young people are very important in the church. Do you know that senior adults are too? Some of you do. You're the prayer warriors. You need to get on your knees and you need to pray for this church. You're the generous givers. And I know because you give in ways that nobody else may ever know about. You're the examples and the role models. I'm 35. I need you. You hear me? When you're old and gray-headed, God will not forsake you. Because here is your purpose in life, gray heads. Until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to everyone who is to come. Tuesday morning of this past week, I had the opportunity to gather with several other Arkansas Baptists pastors, youth ministers, worship leaders, church planters, state convention staff members, children's ministry leaders, and others to pray for spiritual revival in the Lord's churches and to pray for spiritual awakening among the lost in our communities. When I walked into that prayer meeting Tuesday morning, the first thing we were praying for was for God to redeem the next generation. I became pastor of this church when I was 25. I go to these meetings, and many times I'm still the youngest pastor in that room. There's a lot of gray-headed men in that room that day. And they were on their knees crying and weeping and praying that God would raise up pastors and missionaries in this next generation. First Baptist Church senior adults, 
When's the last time you did that? We need to faithfully pray in faith to our faithful God. One of the leaders in that prayer meeting said something when we were praying for this next generation that grabbed my attention. He said, our buildings, our programs, our camps, and our plans limit God's work. But our prayers unleash His power to work in ways that we could never dare to dream or imagine. I need to ask for, uh, for some help this morning. And I, I've got a couple people that know they're going to have to do this. Willie, you stood up at the right time. Come on, buddy. Mr. Willie Wilson's going to come up here. Edie West is going to come up here too. You'll, you'll be all right, Willie. Thank you for your help. And I'm going to have to... Yeah, I don't see these other two, so I'm going to have to pick on a few other people. You don't know you're doing this, but I need some help. Uh, Mr. Darren McVeigh, would you come up here and, and help me, please? And Miss Debbie Rogers, would you come up here and help me, please? We got to wait on the gray heads to get up here. They're a little slower than you guys. Yeah. Debbie, if you'll, if you'll get right here. Darren, if you'll, you'll get on the end over there. All right. Now, you're going to have to hold this up for a few minutes, so don't let your arms get too tired, okay? But I'm, I'm going to talk about you guys for a few minutes, too. You okay with that before I do? I mean, I know I'm putting you two on the spot. I told you two what I was doing. Okay. All right. If you guys don't know these folks, these are some of our church members. We've got some really good church members here, by the way. I'm looking at some of you right now. This is Miss Edie West. She plays the drums for us on Sunday mornings with the praise team. Uh, she's the daughter of our chairman of deacons, Mr. Alan West, who shaved his beard off. Man, I didn't recognize you out there this morning. And this is, this is Mr. Willie Wilson. This may be one of the funnest guys that has ever been a member of our church. I'm telling you, you got to get to know Willie. And this is Miss Debbie Rogers. She's been a member of our church a good while. And this is Mr. Darren McVeigh. He's also one of our deacons. Got a couple of daughters in the youth group and a, a son in our children's ministry. Back in March, I shared with you guys, I guess it was February, it was before March, I shared with you guys a, a vision for our, for our church. And this is the the picture that I shared with you on the screen, we've got it on a banner this morning. If you guys would just kind of pick this up, I'll, I'll help you. Just don't trip and don't, don't fall. Everybody take a good look at that. If you've got a bad seat over there, you may have to kind of, it, it's okay to lean and come in. You can move. We won't think you're Pentecostal. You can move and see it if you need to, okay? You guys see, you guys see that, that vision for our youth? Pretty cool, isn't it? A building over there on that parking lot to declare his wondrous works among the next generation. But I'm going to ask those four people to do something this morning because I, I don't think that many of you still get it yet. 
Okay. Hey, Darren, Debbie, Willie, Edie, you guys just, just drop that banner for me. Just drop it. You guys see the vision, right? Just drop it. Just drop it all the way. Leave it on the ground. You guys saw the, you guys saw the picture, right? Saw the banner? I want to ask you a very important question. I want you to keep your eyes right up there. Do you still see the vision? Because some of you don't get it. It's not about building a building. It's about that right there. First Baptist Church exists to worship God, love people, serve both, and make disciples. Miss Edie West has learned how to worship God. She's learned how to play the drums and use her gifts and talents to bring Him glory. But she's learned how to worship God with her life. And it's pretty cool to see. Mr. Willie Wilson isn't just funny. He loves people. Jesus has transformed his life. He knows what it means to love his neighbor as himself. Because people have loved him and invested in him. Miss Debbie Rogers got saved. How old were you, Debbie? 19 years old. Because people in this church were faithful to take the gospel to her in a household that was not Christian. Miss Debbie is one of the most faithful servants of the Lord and people in this church. Mr. Darren McVeigh knows what it means to make disciples. I've challenged you to share the gospel with somebody and follow up with them through baptism and help them walk with the Lord and learn what it means to be a fully devoted disciple of Jesus Christ. Darren shared the gospel with young men. In fact, he's got to baptize some now. And he's teaching them how to walk with the Lord. The banner's gone. You still see the vision? Do you get it? Listen to me. God has given us a monumental task. He is sending a hundred teenagers and a hundred kids through the doors of these facilities every Wednesday night. We have the opportunity to declare His wondrous works to the next generation. Church, don't fail. Don't give up on a faithful God who is faithful to show His faithfulness. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you. Church, I want to I want to ask you a question this morning. I've told you that we need to faithfully pray in faith to our faithful God. We've got to do that by praying according to His faithfulness in the past, by praying about our own faithfulness in the present, and by praying for their faithfulness, the next generation's faithfulness in the future. The reason that it is on my heart 
and the heart of your youth committee and long-range committee and your youth minister and other people in this church to put a youth building on that parking lot is not just so we can build a nice building. It is so we can actually continue to invest in declaring God's glory to the next generation. Will you faithfully pray in faith to your faithful God to do more than we can do in our own strength and power? Would you pray to a God who can do more than you ever would dare to dream, hope, think, or imagine? Wouldn't it be wonderful if the children and the teenagers that are already coming here on Wednesday nights came to truly know Jesus and follow Jesus? And they graduated from high school, went to college and got jobs where they were faithful to the Lord and faithful to their families and they didn't end up in Lawrence County Jail because of drug habits and they didn't end up divorced because of porn habits and they didn't end up being fake Christians who don't really love Jesus. That is what I want you to see and that is what God is calling us to do. So here's my invitation to you this morning, church. In just a moment, an invitation song is going to be played. If you're able to get up and come up here and get on your knees and pray, faithfully pray in faith to a faithful God, that's what I'm asking you to do. I'm not asking you to stay in your pews. I'm not asking you to stand up and mumble through the lyrics of a song on the screen. I'm asking you to come and pray that God would redeem the next generation. That God would work through us as we're faithful to follow Him. And that God would continue to show Himself faithful just like He has in the past. Father God, I pray now that you would move and that you would work in hearts this morning. God, I know, I know that you have called this church to worship you, to love people, to serve, to make disciples. God, as you have been faithful to bless this family of believers in the past, I pray that we would be faithful to declare your wondrous works in the present so that the next generation may know your faithfulness and faithfully walk with you. If you're here this morning, and you're not a church member, you're not even a Christian because you've never made the decision to follow Jesus Christ. I want to share with you that God is faithful to love you. So faithful, in fact, that He sent His one and only Son to die on the cross for your sins.
And if you will turn away from your sins and trust in Jesus, if you'll believe that he died for your sins on the cross as your substitute for the punishment that you deserved, and if you'll believe that he rose again from the grave, he will forgive you of your sins and he will give you new and eternal life. All you've got to do is come to him in faith and confess him as the king, the master, the Lord of your life. If you need to make that decision in faith today, I'll be standing right down here in the front. If you're a church member this morning, and your heart has been provoked and challenged to pray in faith to a faithful God to do a work that only He could do, this altar is open for you to come and pray. Maybe you're here this morning and you're not a church member, but the Lord has impressed upon your heart to pray for the next generation, to pray for your kids and your grandkids to come to know Jesus and experience God's faithfulness and be faithful to Him. You come and pray for them this morning. As God calls you today, would you respond to Him?